everyone, I'm Jamie Floyd, and I'm on a journey right now. I'm trying to get to a better place mentally and work through my depression. I'm not a health professional and I don't have all the answers, but I am deeply committed to my healing. And on this podcast, you'll hear me go through this journey in real time. And uh, I hope that we can go through it together. Okay, welcome back to my depression said what it said. Uh, I'm going to get right into it today because I'm actually very, very excited uh, because I have a guest, (laughs) my first guest on this podcast. Um, And the guest is also one of my best friends. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to introduce you right away. Um, (laughs) Is my friend Vicky here. Hi. Hi, guys. I'm really, really excited to be here. As Jamie said, we've been like best friends since high school. So it's really cool to be like grown people with podcasts where we can be guests on. So I'm excited to do today's uh, topic. Exactly. And you have your very own podcast as well. I do. I do. Well, I don't have it alone. I have it with my best friend, another best friend, (laughs) um, Melissa. So it's called uh, Crazy Bitch Factory Inc. And it's pretty much just our view is to black women in different but similar situations on life things we go through dating men uh the point of view of the black women social media right Mm -hmm. now which is really rough um just a lot of different things you know i feel like black women we give a lot sometimes willingly and unwillingly whether it's uh personally at Mm. work in our fashion sense the way we wear our hair Mm -hmm. like we've given so much to what people now call the culture as have black men but i feel like black men are allowed to put their stamp on it right whereas black women kind of have to sit back and watch others Mm -hmm. on black or get critiqued for it yeah we get critiqued we i feel like we have been being critiqued from childhood and still get critiqued today for things that other women do mm-hmm. and they do it because they're inspired by us but when we do it it's wrong or it's sexual or it's whatever you want to call it so yeah that's pretty much that it's like our, our little um girl talk on life it's just we've always have this really um interesting kind of humorous repartee and people always think it's really funny to listen to. It is. <laughs> it is. I am a fan. It thank is. you. Thank you. I'm glad we're doing. I'm glad you're entertained and doing something right. But yeah, we just decided a couple years ago, like, let's make a podcast. People kept saying, like, you guys should record this. Like, you're just like effortlessly bounce conversation off of each other, and it's interesting to listen to. So we did that. We gave people what they wanted, and we. Um, it's like our baby love it it's just uh it's been harder to keep up with lately because of life but you know we're not making any excuses we recently started doing visuals so you can see the podcast as well as listen to it um so yeah we're moving forward and we're taking strides and it's not about us today though it's about you and our topic so i'll let you (laughs) introduce that uh but i i do highly recommend crazy bitch factory inc um i really enjoy it i appreciate it and um so for today so today is this is a very interesting topic for me i'm very excited as i've said before because uh, i'm like giddy because it feels like i can finally say the yeah, things i've no. been wanting to say so i was so ready when you texted me right like, i want to do this i was like oh when? <laughs> i will be there Right. So I so this one, it's um, we're talking about call centers. So it's call centers and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have worked at, at quite a few call centers. Um, yeah, many call centers. Oh and um, yeah, it, it's I mean, you know, all jobs, all customer service jobs are, are tough and are an interesting experience. But call centers are a specific kind of interesting experience and I, I felt like there was for me and my experiences there um, a big overlap and cross-section of sort of my depression and 
working at these call centers and just the very nature of the job, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, can be really draining. So, yeah. so yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and I thought of you specifically because <laughs> I, <laughs> the reason, not just arbitrarily, but <laughs> because I was like, I feel like I've worked at so many call centers and I was like, I don't know. I can't, I can't think of anyone who's worked at maybe more or the same amount of call centers that yeah. I have worked at. Yeah. So I have worked at seven call centers <laughs> and you were telling me. I remember I said earlier that I think it's seven. Right. But to be quite honest, <laughs> when I was counting earlier, I started over my count so many mm-hmm. times. And then every time I would get to a number, I, I would remember another place. So I'm just going to say seven because that's the number that I fell on the most times. Me too. Something similar. Also, there's places I've done just like the training. So mm-hmm. I never really, I was like, does that count? It does not. It does not. It, it doesn't. Trust me. In the world of call centers where people work there for 20 plus years, the Honestly. training does not count. Mm-hmm. And so let's start off. So we worked at the same call center at one point. Yes. I think that was the only cross-section we had. That was the one that started it for me. Okay, so that was your first one. So that yeah. was my second one. So It was. I remember at the time that was your second call center. It was my second you one. actually got me into... Oh, I did that to you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did that to oh, me. Oh, no. You got me into that place. And then you left for somewhere better. <laughs> and I remember not being upset. I was really happy for you. Um... But then I needed to find something different. And it wasn't that better because I went back to many call centers after that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So some memories I have of the place where we worked is, and and that's one of the things I want to talk about is. Excuse me. um, Starting off a bit talking about the culture of Mm -hmm. what it's like uh, at a call center. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So... What I remember distinctively, my first memory, one of my memories of, because we didn't, this call center, it's like you were on, there were different teams. So me and Vicky didn't, we weren't on the same team, so we didn't actually work together. Yeah, I like saw you in the distance. Exactly. And I remember one time we were on our 15 minute Mm. uh, break, uh, which is, yeah, it's, it's sort of crazy. I mean, by the time you get down to the elevator, to the building, you have to get back up like you don't even have time to like buy your your food or anything yeah um i used to have to ask them for some mercy because mm-hmm. i need to eat i'm anemic and so i would tell them like hey it may not be 15 minutes but i'll put them back in somewhere which i hated because god knows i want to clock out immediately when I could, but because I needed more than 15 minutes to eat something. Right. Because God forbid, <laughs> like, a human being has to eat during their shift. Um, yeah, I ended up having to stay after the time, which for me was just, like, at the time I remember it being, it was only a four-hour shift. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, it was only a four-hour shift. Like, if my boss called me tonight and said, hey, Vic, tomorrow, do you want to work a four-hour shift? I'd be like, sure. That's nothing, because I don't hate my job. Um, But I hated that place. Mm -hmm. I literally, like, hate is a strong word, but that's what I felt. I literally, like, to the point where it got to the point near the ending where I would be fine. Like, we were young then, so I was in school still. And I'd go to school in the daytime and I'd be fine. And then the second I got to that place, instant migraine. Like, mm-hmm. couldn't live my life. Everything on my body that could ache was throbbing. And I didn't understand what was wrong with me. And then the second I would leave the building, I was perfectly fine. Fresh air. Oh, I would lungs. bounce out of it. Yeah, I was like, stepping down the street. Uh, right. I was like, oh, McDonald's? I don't right. mind if I do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, ready to meet up with my friends and right. hit the town. But, like, the little four-hour shift was melting me. I was mm-hmm. like, uh-uh. Like, and it, it, I started to realize, like, it wasn't a physical. I, I don't think it was an actual physical pain that I was feeling. I think I hated it so much that mentally mm-hmm. my body was giving off the signs of just, like, get out of here, you know? Yeah. And I did <laughs> as soon as I could. Um, yeah. I think I only lasted there, like, nine months or so. 
I think I did five or something. <laughs> yeah, um, you were out pretty quick. Yeah. Like, I'm done with this. Yeah, and for me it was like, the, the environment was just so, um, it was just so sad. And that's one of the things about, that I've observed. And, and by the way, I'm not... Yes, we will technically vilify call centers in this podcast to a certain extent, but you know, some people have positive experiences there, and you know, yeah, even I have some positive ones, of course, and have worked there for many years. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, in my observation, the majority of people I've seen working at call centers are depressed, yeah, and are unhappy, and they're either smoking, drinking, or popping pills. I have to say, I that's so similar to many experiences that I've had with you know sort of the kinds of people i've, I've encountered you know, i worked in call centers for a long time like mm-hmm. i'm trying to think i worked in call centers from 17 so i'll be 29 in a couple weeks uh, yeah been, so that's like 12 years about a decade for a, me as well like over 10 years yeah and in 10 years i want to say in about my eighth year of working in call centers did I actually have an aha moment to the real true culture of what goes on because I'm the kind of worker like I don't necessarily go to work to make friends Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm an asshole or nothing like I go to work and I'm pleasant and I say good morning good afternoon good night to whoever's there and but I'm not like too friendly like I end up making I don't want to say friends but I end up making nice with coworkers. There's, you know, there's always those people that you don't mind eating with or sitting next to because it makes the day go by faster. That always happens with time as with any job. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I can work at a job for a long time before I make a friend. And it's just because, and it depends on the setting because if it's a smaller office setting, then you don't really have a choice, you know? Right. Um, and in that sense, it's fine because you work so closely with these people that obviously you're going to get close to them and that's okay. And you can set boundaries to when you leave the office, that's where those friendships can end. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much how I am in a big call center. It's easier to go unnoticed if you're not like, you know, doing too much or just acting a fool. You come in, you sit where, especially the places where there's no assigned seating. You sit wherever, you know, I would sit in the most, <laughs> like, poorly lit. <laughs> like, nobody wants to sit there because this computer is slow. Uh, like, the just the place where there was the corner where it's, like, cobwebs. And, like, you know, like, like just the cleanest seat that I could find where nobody else was sitting. And I would just sit there and, and because my problem isn't with the employees. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, like, for some reason, a hot, like, someone will sit next to me and start talking to me. Because like, when you're quiet, people are curious about you. They're like, oh, why does this person not want to be noticed? Like, mm-hmm. what's up with them? And then they come and they sit around you right. and they're like, so what's your name? <laughs> and then your your team leader walks by and then you get in trouble for talking in between calls. And it's just kind mm-hmm. of like, I mean, there's no calls coming in right now. I didn't know I was not allowed to look at the person next to me. Yeah. You know, I hated that. And I just feel like that was the thing that got to me in call centers was yeah. how suppressive the environment is of like the lighting everything it's yeah i will say it's depressing. yeah a lot of them are depressing sort of dimly lit and um you know a lot of very strict rules where i i felt not like a person i felt like mm-hmm. i just i was like a number you know, that, and those are usually um, at the big call centers. Yeah. The smaller office spaces are more friendly. Mm-hmm. They'll let you talk in between calls and mm-hmm. just, just have like like you're hanging out or just like just do your job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then those smaller companies start to want to expand and then they start to act brand new. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's always like, you know, getting sort of reprimanded because I was. Uh, 45 seconds late from a break yeah it's such a ridiculous conversation to sort of be having um Mm. i guess i'll touch on this now i one thing about a call center to that environment is yeah it it feels like you're i felt like just a number not like an actual living breathing person um I remember calling in sick is a, a very specific experience it's that I've had. Right. 
Um, I feel like I've lost jobs because I was so. <laughs> I don't even want to say scared. It wasn't fear. It was anxiety. I had so much. Like, um, so, <laughs> like I was so anxious the whole day about having to call and tell them I wasn't coming that I would yeah. end up not doing it or calling too late. Mm-hmm. And then they would be like, um, I mean, you should have called earlier. You know what I'm saying? And in my head, I'm like, I know. but And then it's hard because when you deal with anxiety and depression, it's hard to explain to other people. Like, like I don't really feel like I can call into work and be like, hey, I'm having a bad mental health day. That's the I thing. That's like, not... That's not a you know, valid I, I uh, reason for some reason. Today, or mm-hmm. I can't, like, I just can't make it. Like, I don't feel like that's, like, a valid reason. And then that alone gives you anxiety mm-hmm. coupled with the fact that you already are depressed today. You feel like you can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And then all day you're in bed depressed and, and anxious. You get no rest because all day you're like, oh, my God, I didn't call them. I didn't call them. I didn't call them. And then, like, you just decide, like, well, I'm just never going to go back because, yeah. now, <laughs> because now it's too late. Like, that <laughs> anxiety builds to the point where you're like three days later you're like under your blanket still like well now they fired me by now you know like and that's obviously when i was like 18 19 and i didn't know how to deal with my anxiety or my depression i was going through some pretty heavy things at at that time um so that situation hasn't happened to me in years but i do remember a time where I, i can't remember which one it was but I had lost a job like that because I was just, mm. it, it got to me to the point where I, I woke up one morning. I was just like, the thought of going there made me sad to tears. Like, I was just like, I hate that place <laughs> and I can't go back. It's like, not today, maybe tomorrow. I'll sleep today. I'll rest. I'll have a great day. But then I don't have a great day because I spend the day under the blanket, like just anxiety yeah. about calling them and I don't call them and three days go by and now I don't have a job. So... I feel like the process to call in is always just like, I feel like it's like calling your parents to ask them if they can extend your curfew or something. (laughs) It feels very intense, very dramatic. And the problem I had a lot of times was the response I would get when I would call in sick. Yeah, it's like I'm dying. Is, you know, I would, I can count the amount of time someone actually said, oh, well, I hope you get better. I hope you feel better. Like yeah, actually, never, like, mm. it, it, you know, it, it's always it always <sighs> has felt very combative. That's how it sounds. Um, yes. Like, um, okay. Um, what's your employee number? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, why are you not coming to work? Are you sure you can't? It's not. Are you sure you can't make it, bitch? I would not have picked up the phone and dialed the ten digits that it took to dial you, and then. Listen to all these fucking robotic ass prompts and press the correct numbers to talk to you to tell you that I'm not coming to work with all the anxiety sitting on my chest just to just to, to second guess it. So what you think when you ask me, are you sure you can't make it? I'm going to be like, actually, upon you asking me that question, I'm suddenly feeling much better. Right. I, like at my last job in Montreal before I moved. The manager would do this thing where when you called, like my boss, the actual boss boss was super chill, super cool. As long as you did your work, he was super fun. He was literally like Michael from The Office, <laughs> just not as dumb. But some sometimes I wondered. But, but like, I think he used to do those things just to liven up the mood. But he literally was just kind of like working in the office. And, and the manager, unfortunately, was kind of like Dwight. So... <laughs> Imagine having to call into work and it's Dwight. <laughs> like, imagine that experience. So, mm-hmm. as she got to know me, you know, she realized that I don't call in for no reason. I always, like, I was either, like, genuinely ill or it was, like, some kind of emergency that I couldn't get out of. And didn't happen, like, often. It was, like, once in a while. So, I would call in and she would be, like, you know, okay, you know, feel better and, like, see you tomorrow or whatever keep us posted if you can't come tomorrow type thing but some days like i felt like for her the way she would treat us depended on how she was feeling in her personal life like mm-hmm. i just feel like i could tell when her and her dude were on good terms and when they were on bad terms because i feel like when they when they were on bad terms she would come to work and she would have an attitude all day and she would just pick at you all day and like i've had to kind of like professionally put her in her place 
several times and it didn't ruin our our professional relationship because my work was still good and she she was I feel like she was harder on me because I was in a like I was doing I don't want to say better work but I was like like I said I don't come to work to make friends or have fun like, <laughs> my point here is like when they're like oh you can't have your phone people are like what I can't have my phone I'm like well yeah what did you think you're like you're at work like the point is to work and I it it it's especially nowadays cell phone is so distracting you'll get no work done if you're allowed to have it and that's even for me like working from home I have to set up brown boundaries for myself because I will have my phone in my hand and then it's like I'm not doing anything so mm-hmm. I have to set up boundaries for myself just working from home where my phone is aside and when I have a break that's the only time I allow myself to have my phone and in between then the only time i have my phone when i'm working is if there's no calls coming in and for a long time i'm like okay well it's been 20 minutes <laughs> like at this point i feel free to check a text you know but um i just don't feel like that's right either like that mentality of like oh you work harder it's like what am i slave like this is a big strong one right here <laughs> so let me go ahead let me go ahead and use her for all she's got like it's like what like no like it's just, I do good work just because that's how I am that doesn't right. really ride me like a donkey like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like it's it, just so dumb it and, can be exploited well it, yeah it can be and as a woman I don't know if you've ever been told this but as a woman working in a call center another aspect that I didn't like is I felt like meat hmm. I felt like some days part of the anxiety of going to work was having to walk that long walk <laughs> where it's like nothing but cubicles and people sitting there to whatever free until you can find a free cubicle and just having to look for a seat was anxiety riding because you Mm. might lock eyes with somebody and as a woman i'm a curvy woman you know what i'm saying like i'm not Mm. the dog face girl either like you know i look like something and i'm not a cocky person or anything but i mean if i'm cute i'm cute like you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like it's and when as a woman when you have a certain confidence about yourself and you carry yourself a certain way it's hard to even like live in regular life Mm. far less to have to go to a place where there's men who literally are just there for the paycheck and the the possibility of clapping cheeks like the 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 sexuality that goes on in call center life is is just when i realized that this yes. was happening i was like ew like for real there's so much toxic culture and toxic. it's it, it 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 really is allowed to like grow uh exponentially oh, in call centers because everyone is in on it exactly you know so my experience mm. with that specifically at my last job you know i was working in environment in environment around people who were openly homophobic oh, no. openly uh sexist um i mean you know there were some problematic issues when it came to sort of race topics um it was a free-for-all in that time yeah no it really was and i I didn't even realize how much that was affecting me um Mm -hmm. until like now when i think about it but yeah there was a lot of discussions about just open homophobia which you know I, i wasn't out at that time but um I felt always incredibly sort of uncomfortable. I did not feel like that was a a space or environment where, where, you know, I I could be open in that way. Hearing a lot of, you know... It doesn't encourage you to come out either when you have to hear that every day. Absolutely. And just hearing, you know, certain rhetoric that they would have around women, you kind of like what you're saying, really, um, and how that was... It was Not so open, yeah, and so open, so yeah. just like normal. Yeah. Um, and I've had guys like lie on me at work and like tell guys that we've slept together, and I'm like, mm-hmm. who are you? Like, like, and it's like I don't even know these. I'm a topic of conversation, and then that's even more offensive because it's like, dude, like I came to work to work. And, like, you guys are over here in your little man corner having mm-hmm. conversation. I'm sure not just about me, but whatever other big booty girls are walking through the call center. And that's fine. But to go as far as to to say that you've done something with a person that you don't even know, it's like, what did you think was going to happen when it got back to me? Because it, it ended up getting back to me because 
little did he know one of the guys that he was lying to about me was someone who I had done my training with. And throughout the training, we had, you know, built a, a kind of friendship and he, he had a girlfriend at the time that he would tell me about and like he was just so like in love with her and it was like as a girl like it's fun to hear a guy talk highly about his woman and vice versa I was in a relationship at the time and I would talk highly about my dude and we just had this share mm-hmm. shared respect um for each other based on the fact that we were um working in the same place we had done training together we were both were in relationships that we were talking about non-stop <laughs> that was kind of like our connection so when he heard this rumor he was like that can't be possible because this girl talks about her boyfriend 24 7 you know right. what i'm saying so that can't be right so he came back to me and told me and i was just kind of like what mind you this was a guy who had uh, followed me from the job to um the nearby metro station on my way home one night and had cornered me in the like in the corner of the metro and tried to like make a move and I was like uh excuse me <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know you from anywhere I'm just trying to get down the metro this is not cool like I didn't realize he was following me I thought he was just leaving work you know there were a lot of people leaving work at the same time yeah. so I just thought he was one of those he was not he was like a creeper and then to turn around and say after i rejected you that we slept together i was like how where and when like Hmm. which part so it just kind of like turned into a thing where i didn't i knew i couldn't go to any supervisor or manager or whatever because because, you know they are oftentimes the you know they're they're the ones that are kind of keeping it going like they're Hmm. oftentimes in these environments like spreading the rumor So I feel like the the experiences that I had the, the, that were the worst, it was with people where they weren't happy. <laughs> like even though they were in higher positions, like the first place where mm-hmm. we worked together, <laughs> there's only so far that you can go in that company. Like, let's be real. So how happy could those people be? And they were only getting paid like a couple more dollars than we were as regular agents. So that's why they were so like, just, just like, extra and yeah that that particular job had so many um characters (laughs) i think you see you find a lot of very people i've just never come across that i come across in call (laughs) centers like it really attracts a lot of interest it's like people who just don't have like i don't want to say don't have another choice but some people who work at call centers like especially the ones who have been there for a long time sometimes you see the mental damage yeah wow this cannot be my life like for the rest of life yeah it can't be that <laughs> yeah and I, I wanted to go back to one thing we're talking about um having to oh calling in sick so a quick story i had was i so that year was a very rough year for me um i, I think that was actually the year that my brother passed away oh, and gosh. and just a a, a lot had been happening that year so like i did take you know i had some frequent sick days so at that call center i was like uh, had a maximum of six six sick days that were paid per year okay um so we were about we were in october and so i was calling in um because that week i had just like really bad stomach issues Mm -hmm. and that particular day i had like very aggressive diarrhea Mm -hmm. so i was just in and out of the bathroom all the time. So this was my sixth time calling in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and so I call and this person, so she answers and she's like, oh, so normally you just call, you say your name and they kind of, you know, they just, they jot it mm-hmm. down. Um, so this person, when I called and I, I told her exactly what it was, like I'm going in and out of the bathroom like almost every 10 minutes. It's mm-hmm. going to be pretty tough for me to be sitting down somewhere. Mm-hmm taking calls um she was like oh well i'm looking here and i see that you've actually called in sick like quite a few times now yes my nigga something's wrong with me. Um, do you not hear the stories i'm telling you like hello uh i'm like okay That's and she sick. was like yeah you know like this is gonna this is turning into a problem she's like are you sure you can't make it like what you said I was like, yes, I'm sure. She was like, oh, well, you know, we could sit you next to the bathroom if you want. Oh, my God. Could you believe she said that? She's like, we can sit you next to the that bathroom. so inhumane. So it'll be easier for you to go. So I'm 
in but you know you can't take breaks in between your calls then later on you're gonna look at my day and be like so what happened yeah i'm gonna have to explain to six people in a room meeting that i had explosive diarrhea like that's embarrassing and if they they had official bathroom breaks but they were timed so it was no more than like two minutes (laughs) and there was certain amounts that you could take so when you say the things out loud you're just like it does that sound like absurd sometimes so no i two minutes is not enough for me and um yeah, that was just an experience that I was just like, <laughs> like I had to fight to get her off the phone. Oh like by the time I got off that call, I was like exhausted because she would like, it's like she, she like did not want to let me hang up the phone. She was like, oh, well, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe we can find something else. But then she did the whole, because um, if you don't show up today, you know, clients are going to be waiting and we're short staffed and blah 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 that's the thing that's not my problem that's another manipulation they do in call centers the thing about it for me is like i'm actually sick yeah so if other people who didn't need to call in just call just because they didn't feel like it today called in that's not my problem i'm physically ill (laughs) like also the reason why there are not enough people why people are waiting is because you've not hired enough people but also they hire and fire people (laughs) All the time, you so know. Like, so I mean, if you if you fire fifteen out of every thirty people you hire, what do you expect? That's not, and also you know people so are people leave. They're sick and tired of the because shit. of these exact exactly. reasons, right? You know, so, so yeah, that that's sort of part of um, what happens in call centers. Um, something else I want to talk about absolutely is the actual job of being on the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so what I noticed is that even when I would wake up with good energy Mm -hmm. and go to work with, you know, goodwill and good intention, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not in control of the client's responses to me over the phone. And I, I felt like I was not always in control of how, I wanted to feel because if I had a negative interaction, it was very hard for that to not ruin my day. Or if you have two, three in a row, like Mm. it's very hard to sort of bounce back mentally from that. (laughs) You're like, it's okay. Let me take the next call. And then the next one should... That's what they want. Like they want you to be like, oh, this person called me a piece of trash, asshole, dick sucker. No problem. Let me go ahead and just move on. It's like... uh... You know, and I feel like there should be more counseling in terms of when you have to deal with those negative Mm. clients. And, you know, I remember at two call centers, I was called the N-word. Oh my God. Um, This person basically like just through a series of question kind of baited me into saying, you know, sort of confirming that, you were black. that I was black and then went on this whole tirade. And I remember the first time it happened, like I didn't really get a response of sympathy from, you know, yeah, they don't care. the supervisors that I told. And, you know, certain call centers are different now. And as I've worked um, in different ones, you know, you, you they've given, you know, you have a little bit more leeway to sort of hang up on a client if they're being very abusive or to give certain warnings. That's leeway that I've always taken. <laughs> right. Because but there were... you know my personality, <laughs> which is that I respect you until you get disrespectful. And unfortunately, I've never been able, that's one side of, and like you said, they have changed it now. Yeah. But back in the day, it was Some like, of them at least. Even, yeah, even when you're being abused on the phone which let's uh, some well some jobs it's like depending on the job that you do it can be every call (laughs) Mm -hmm. but some of them Mm -hmm. it's really not Um, yeah but for the for the calls where it is it's kind of like i found it difficult they because they want you the procedure is to be like Okay, if you don't stop using this language, I'm trying to help you. Yes, blah, you've blah, got to blah. really read the and script. You have to do it three times before you same can hang thing. Up. Yep. But it's kind of like no, I feel like I have to be called you... an N word three times before I <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but I feel like no, like if you if you picked up your phone and you dialed this number for assistance, this is customer service. Uh-huh. This is not. I'm pretty sure the wherever you got the number for it didn't say dial this number if you want to take out your anger about the situation on somebody. That's not what that is. Customer service is not there. We're not there for that. We're there to try to help you to the best of our ability 
within the policy of, of whatever the mm-hmm. guidelines are that will allow us to keep our job at the end of the day mm-hmm. to help you. And sometimes it's not within our level to help. But what people don't understand right. is if you're not an asshole, I might go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. I might even do something, bend some rules and go around some alleys and talk to my favorite supervisor and see what I can hook <laughs> up for you. But if you be a complete dick, you're going to get hung up on and I'm not doing anything else. I'm going to write a note in your file, let people know that you're rude for the next person who calls. Because when you call again and the person sees that I did absolutely nothing to help you, I want to be able, I want them to see the note where it says, yeah, this person said Mm -hmm. this, this and that and I disconnected the call. The right. reason why I would always leave a note is because I left. So important. I, I it's first of all, it's very important. Secondly, I'm leaving it up to my professionalism to have my back in the case where a supervisor comes to me and says, hey, you hung up the call. You didn't do the three warning bullshit thing. Because then I'm going to be like, yeah, I also left a note explaining why I did that. If that's not enough, then I apologize. Give me the warning, whatever you need to do. However, I'm not going to be abused. I don't get paid enough for that. I'm not here for that. I'm here to help. And if these clients can't accept the help without being abusive, then I'm not, they're going to have to call back and speak to another agent. (laughs) That's just what Mm -hmm. it is. I'm not going to allow myself to be mentally, I already hate coming here every day. I'm not going to sit on the phone and beg somebody three times to stop. They're not going to stop. They want what they want and I can't give it to them. So they're going to continue to, because to them now I'm a piece of trash. I'm useless. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm not the root of their problem, everything becomes my issue. No, you don't want to talk to me no more. Obviously I can't, some of them, most of them, honestly, I can calm them down enough to, to mm-hmm. be like, look, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> like, you don't have to be like that with me. I'm trying to help you. Mm-hmm. And they'll calm down and I can figure something out for them. But the ones who are completely right. irate. Which, yeah, because sure, it can be frustrating to call in. in. And I move on to the next call because I don't have time to be sitting here. Oh, please. Can you please, sir? Oh, ma'am. Can you please stop? Right. No, fuck you too. I don't say fuck you too, obviously. Yeah. But the abrupt hung up in your face, that's the fuck you. <laughs> yeah and then i just move on yeah and uh, yeah obviously you know it can be frustrating when you're calling in for something and there's sort of a situation that you're trying to get resolved I but hang up either i say thank you <laughs> there's a <laughs> level of respect i think to have and also i think sometimes as agents you know we're not always set up with the right tools to really help certain situations like sometimes i think call centers do us a disservice because they don't give you literally sometimes you know i'm like this script is not gonna help me with what like how many of those useless slow ass ridiculous 15 minute to load one page like why are right. you a call oh center my God. and all Such... of your computers look yeah. like they've been donated to the car see this is where they don't invest right but even some of the biggest like some of the biggest oh, i've worked at many you know what i'm saying big name brand call centers oh, yes. you're like oh this stuff's about to be fly right. some of the flyest call centers i worked in right. were small offices mm-hmm. small 7 to 15 20 maybe 30 people max offices because i guess it was easier to fund better equipment mm-hmm. but that's like you guys have the money like right. the like come on so the way the culture and the rewards are set up there it's like the more you can open, the more you can mm-hmm. sell, the more you're rewarded. Um, and I started to get uncomfortable with that because I saw certain coworkers do things like fully take advantage of yeah, clients. Exactly. You know, um, you know, when someone has a language barrier, it, yeah. it's it's very easy to sort of convince them mm-hmm. to take things. And you you have to read these sort of this very long list mm-hmm. of disclosures. Mm-hmm. And then you have to get the person to say a yes, not a mm-hmm, not a sure, like a yes. yes. Yeah. There's ways you can coerce mm-hmm. people into giving you that yes. Um, you know, so I had colleagues, you know, you know, selling to one person like three checking accounts, oh applying for two credit cards. Like, why do you need like clearly not based on the sort of um, the need yeah. of that person? Um, so that always also, and this is not every call center, but you know, there, 
every call center that I've worked at increasingly has sale targets yeah. attached to what they're it's doing. It's so annoying because they hire you for customer service. They tell you mm. there's no sales involved. And then one day you come to work and they're like, by the way, guys, now we're going to be cross-selling. And it's like... And there's nothing uh, wrong with sales, but it's because they're rewarding you for just the amount you can sell, mm-hmm. not the need or value you're providing. Mm-hmm. It makes it you have to, you know... So I've seen people get fired because they've done all these shady things they've manipulated accounts and done all these things (laughs) and you know all of that little little shenanigans that happen in those call centers but it's in part because they're like rewarding you and pressuring you for for doing those things so that's also something that always made me uncomfortable yeah because then um it's happened to uh at places that i've worked where it's kind of like they'll tell you oh there's no obligation you know if you don't feel comfortable with sales mm-hmm. no worries oh, this yeah. is a customer service position no worries and then one day you go to work and there's a question about why you've only done this uh-huh. many or why you haven't and there's a board with all the names right and, <laughs> and you're at the end and i'm like but who? But I'm like, who installed this? Who? When did like, this show up overnight? Yeah, like, it's just very intimidating. Then you're like, I mean, I'm not a salesperson. That's why when you guys ask me about sales in the interview, uh-huh. I, said, I don't want to do sales. It's not my thing. I'm great at customer service. That's my jam. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Even in other aspects of um, life, like other careers and stuff like that that I'm pursuing, it does customer service does play a certain role in same that. i've gotten to apply some of the a lot many of those skills in other exactly. areas so i feel like life. it's built me for you know other avenues mm-hmm. I'll take in life um you know as i as i as i grow and mature but i really just feel like when it comes to customer service the level of it's like high school and but it's adults and so that's scary because in high school there are adults where you can go uh, and tell and be like, "Hey, it is, this is like happening high school, and it is. we need help." Except now there's nobody you can go to because mm-hmm. even the top, like I've worked at jobs. The, where the adults where, are the the ones doing it. <laughs> I know. I've worked at, a, at at call centers where like the 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 big boss would come in and he's obviously cracked out of his mind. Like just did a line in the parking lot. And like the one that we worked at, <laughs> my boss. Obviously, very obviously. It was like I would see him like outside of work, and I oh was like, God. "He's still high." Yeah, <laughs> like, like obviously, he's still like, high. you know what I'm saying. And he would come to work, and this oh particular place I'm speaking on, this 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 uh, supervisor would come to work mm-hmm. and would be so high that he would just mm-hmm. be so rude. And it was a place at the time where. Um, there were quite a few like people who were new to the country, um, mm-hmm. but they had no work permits and they were able to speak English or French. A lot of them didn't speak both. And so he knew that. And, you know, living where we live, it's very right. important to speak English and French. It's annoying. And he would come to work on his highest days. Like he would never come to work, but when he came, he was high and mm. he would come and just throw this, like, look at the board the little number board right and just be like these are the numbers you call this collecting this was the collection mm-hmm. one of the collections agencies i had worked at and he's like you guys call this collecting mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. like he was just like going off and just be like i'll fire every single one of you right. fuckers. and i thought it was so disgusting because you're using a person's livelihood mm-hmm. to intimidate them right. into trying to intimidate other people right. into putting money into your pockets. And it's also like he is, you know, there's most likely pressure from the top down, right? Oh, so it's when like... When he came in with the top guy, because right. he was the second to the top. Okay. When he came in with the top guy, the top guy looked like he was right there when he did the line and exactly. did the line right beside the first line. And like, you know, it's just, it was so scary to see. I was like, it's crazy because wow. I'm actually thinking many call centers I've worked at, there have sort of, there is a cross section between kind of sort of excessive drug use as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard many Over stories people doing, you know, drugs at work in certain bathrooms. Oh, um, yeah. Quite a few. And, and these are, work. I'm thinking of like big name companies right mm-hmm. now. Like, I'm not oh, even yeah. thinking of the smaller ones. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of like a lot of the bigger name ones I've worked at. Yeah. The ability to work from home during a pandemic to me is such a um, gift given that my last job refused to offer that, 
that in even during the pandemic so mm-hmm. this job has really um it's really blessed me in different ways and i i it's to a point where um when the offices do reopen i'm not too concerned about going back because um the people that i work with are so just kind and mm-hmm. that's why i'm saying i feel like it is a ge- geographical thing because when i moved and i started looking for jobs in the other the other city yeah i feel like the response everything was everything everybody's like nicer and more mm-hmm. understanding and more caring and like everyone has advice for you especially when they find find out that you're new to the city and like it's just a different vibe just mm-hmm. all together um so and, and i have several friends who have also moved to that area okay. since who have i've convinced to get jobs right um and they've gotten jobs and they also had the similar call center fears that they had here um <laughs> And they've gotten those jobs and they're completely happy. They couldn't be happier. They're com- nice. totally happy with their supervisors mm-hmm. and their management. And the jobs pay, pay well. And the, again, the benefits are great. And so I, I think it it could also be geographical. Yeah, I mean, and, and that brings us to our final point. You know, I, I have had positive experiences as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a call centers could be geographical. Also, just, you know... And, you know, I'm thinking of my experiences at the call centers and I'm like, I'm sure for the people who were kind of like the bullies or the ones mm-hmm. sort of on the other side, they're like, oh, yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah. And, you know, blah. But, yeah. you know, when you're in the minority, it, it can feel different. And mm-hmm. some of the I mean, yeah, some of the good experiences I've had is I've definitely, you know, learned skills that I've sort of taken with me outside of even just work Mm -hmm. um and also you know i have over the years you know i've had some great connections with people as well so Mm -hmm. you know they're um and that at some point was the saving grace of Mm -hmm. uh, you know of of that job other times it was um the the detriment to the downfall of the job but you know that's when i think of some sort of positive experiences i've had some some connections that i um that i I value quite a bit yeah i agree i mean on my end i feel like you make friends easier than i do Uh, (laughs) so on my end i again i'm not i'm I'm not like anti-social or nothing but um there's a time and a place. And I am. I'm a very, <laughs> Just to say, I'm I actually kid. am some quite I, antisocial. I, I see. That's the thing. I don't like the same antisocial. I have moments. Mm-hmm, I that's have moments. fair. I'm a, I'm yeah. a very um, time and a place kind of person. Yeah. So for me, work. I, I don't associate. I just don't associate work with happy, happy, fun time. Because hmm. I just feel like i'm there I'm to work like i'm there to focus mm. on the task at hand and if i'm distracted I'm, i might lose my job mm. so i don't i don't i just i go in there with this kind of like not serious like right. i'll still be myself and have a personality and uh-huh. crack jokes all day but i think because i'm so focused on the task at hand mm-hmm. it prevents the side of me that will usually make friends and bonds mm. to shine through i wonder if you know there is something about that culture also that makes it feel that way because yeah. um really i i think it's very clicky too yeah and I, I think i really you should actually enjoy your job and be able to sort of make those connections and mm-hmm. you know in my last it, job i did and i feel like some of it is personal to me too right um but like i said i've never really felt comfortable like i just used to feel like i, was I never like felt comfortable in those environments specifically just yeah people were just that was like the big old question mark walking yep. through the room and people mm-hmm. would never a lot of people would come like the ones who did end up coming and talking to me those were the people like i ended up hanging out with at work and mm-hmm. they would always tell me like you're so like scary and i'm like how mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know you just kind of like come in and you sit there and you just do your own thing like you don't have like a click or like a friend here which is like, absurd yeah, in call like, centers but normal in reality but absurd people would walk up and i'd be reading a book or like right. on the phone with my best friend or something and they're like so concerned and i'm like i'm fine i just don't know anybody here yet like yeah. no one has said hi to me you guys are just staring uh, at me if sometimes you say it's something so i'll say something back yeah you know? and i've had a lot yeah sometimes i've had so much difficulty making friends in certain call centers mm-hmm. yeah. but again i'm not there for that so it never mm-hmm. really phases me about mm-hmm. the friendships because 
but again, I've just always kind of been this kind of person where I can, I can, I can have one friend and be okay. And mm-hmm. so that means that obviously sometimes I'm not going to be around that person. I'm going to be alone. I'm not, I'm not afraid to be alone. I'm not against being alone. I quite enjoy my solitude. Maybe mm. it's an only child thing, but even with being an only child, there was always a child in my house. Like there was <laughs> yeah. always, I was always babysitting somebody's kids. So, um, I don't know. I just really enjoy the solitude of being by yourself. And I think also with call centers, this is what it is. Now that I'm talking about it, what it is, isn't even that I don't necessarily want to make friends. It's that the only really time that you have to speak to people at a call center is usually on the breaks. Yeah. And for me on my breaks, Mm -hmm. I know it sounds absolutely crazy, but unless you're part of like a specific list of people that I can hear in my voice, in my head right now, Mm -hmm. I can't talk to you. Same. I'm like tired of talking. I'm tired of talking. And sometimes like, honestly, I know it sounds horrible, but sometimes like even on my breaks, I'll be like, okay, I know I said to call my friend back on my break, but I need this. Just I might have just some came off a bad call or yes. the last two hours from my last break was horrible. Yeah. I just need time to exhale and sit yeah. here and eat my whatever I brought for lunch yeah. and just relax. Uh, I used to go on like, I worked this call center, it was like kind of middle of nowhere and I would just go on like long walks around the highway. Right, <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I just, was in that area too. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I just need like some time, some space to just like decompose a little some air uh, air <laughs> yes. i think another thing i know you said that was the last thing but just one mm-hmm. last thing i want to bring up yeah scheduling mm-hmm. a lot of call centers will mm-hmm. advertise a schedule that's flexible in quotation marks sometimes not even just flexible i've had this happen to me where they advertise a schedule that you're looking for perfect mm-hmm. nine to five that's what i want to do days no weekends you get there, they confirm to you a thousand times during the process of interviewing you that it's nine to five, Monday to Friday. You do your training. The whole time the training is nine to five, Monday to Friday. Right. As soon as you get on the floor, they're like, oh, well, now your official schedules are going to be four to midnight because you're the new agents and nobody wants to do this uh, shit. That's such a and good point. And we thought point. we could offer you nine to five, but yeah. we just hired 15 people without any space to get them nine to five and now you have to work your way up seniority and it's not going to take you too long just a couple weeks and then a couple weeks turns into six months and then finally one day one one call center did this to me mm-hmm. and it it how i knew that i was eligible for daytime is that everybody that i trained with when i'd be coming to work they'd be leaving and it just kind of happened abruptly one day i was like wait all of y'all just started earlier today and they were like, yeah, we got, we're eligible now for daytime shifts. Just put in your, your sheet and they'll give you daytime. But the sheet takes like three fucking weeks to approve. So for three more weeks, I'm watching these motherfuckers walk out as I'm walking in mm-hmm. for the midnight because nobody said they would, and they, they, nobody told them either. They were just kind of like, I saw somebody filling out the form and I, you know, I just, for some reason, nobody gave me the memo, but like, it just, I was just like so irritated because I was like, Really? So it, and I think at that time it had been like three months or so. So I'm like, so you mean to tell me when you advertise nine to five, you should specify that you mean yeah. for the training is yeah. nine to five. And then it's a, it's a rotating schedule. Not don't say flexible. Flexible <laughs> doesn't mean rotating and flexible are two different things. Flexible means that we understand your schedule. Mm-hmm. We understand if you, if you need to work this day and not work that day or work at this time on this day and work in the evening another day, that's, we understand that. That's completely different from saying one week you're going to work nine to five and the next week you're going to work 12 to eight. And then the next week after that, you're going to work four to midnight because we feel like it and the generator just spit out the this, this schedule and there, there you go. That's different from flexible. And then when you try to change your shift or sometimes even when you try to give it away, yeah. your managers will be like, oh, I've noticed that you've been giving away a lot of your shifts lately. Do you have to suffer the consequences of the lack of my paycheck or do I? Why is it your business? I found someone for the shift. You guys said policy-wise, if I want to give away my shift, I can give it away. I just have to find someone to do it. Now you win my business. <laughs> like, Yeah, scheduling is a... That's a great... That's a, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Because that's always an issue. Most of... you know, The reason why you work later hours on call centers is because most people are... 
you know, the common thinking is most people are making these calls or most people are home in the evening hours, mm-hmm. sort of after work. So a lot of the call center shifts are like 3 to 11, 4 to 12, um, which it's a very aggressive schedule over time. And, you know, I think also that's something that added to mm-hmm. me feeling depressed. One call center I worked at, it took me two hours of travel to get oh there. God, I remember when you were talking about that. And so, like, starting at three, the sun would, I would have to leave my house at one mm-hmm. to start at three. And I would get to work at three, and within an hour, the sun would set because this was in the winter, like yeah. basically within an hour. <laughs> and then I'm working sort of all night. Mm-hmm. And then at 11 midnight, I'm out on the street going back home, yeah. getting like, home at one, one thirty. Yeah. 12 Then sleeping and doing it all again at 1 p.m. the yeah, next day. Okay. Um, you know, th- that routine also really weighed me down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that nighttime routine is brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. Like, in the day, I feel like I can still clock out and leave work, go to the gym, get some mm-hmm. groceries done, do a couple things with my life. At night, there's nothing else to do. And then the next day, it's not like you're waking up bright and early in the morning. Yeah. Like, let me get the things done in the daytime before I go to work. Because if you have to leave home at 1, first of all, what time is there? Between the time that you wake up and yeah, get out of bed, exactly. it's 12. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm sleeping later, obviously, because I just got home. Exactly. And then when you get home from work, you're obviously not just like, okay, I'm home, let me go to bed. You're showering or you're eating or yes. you're watching a couple episodes. You're unwinding. You need yeah. something to to unwind yourself. You can't just jump right into bed. So then realistically, by the time you're falling asleep, it's like 2, 3. And then you got to be up. Like That really only leaves you so much time to sleep. And wake up and do it the next. You have no life. And then on the weekends, you're so exhausted. I've had weekends where it's like the Saturday, I'll be like, oh, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go do this and mm-hmm. do that and do my laundry. And I can't get out of bed on the Saturday because my yeah. body is just like, my body's on autopilot all week. And I go, 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 go. And then Saturday, it's like my body's like, bitch, we sleeping in today. And mm-hmm. I'll sleep and sleep and sleep and just can't get out the bed. Like just tired and like, now i'm like not just now but i realize that later on that that wasn't just exhaustion or fatigue mm-hmm. that was depression yeah that's like that's just i couldn't let it manifest during the week because i have to work i have to make my money i have to pay my bills mm-hmm. um but on the weekend it definitely shows tough yeah. yeah it definitely showed because it was hard for me to do anything else mm-hmm. anything else suffered in my life because all my energy was going to these brutal schedules so yeah, scheduling, management. Yeah. Um, the... And I wanted to just reinforce one thing you said, mm-hmm. which was the idea that a lot of times you're promised these better hours in your training. You you're done. told that sort of over time, in a short amount of time, you'll be able to have different hours. And I remember when I got, you know, after my training, getting on the floor, mm-hmm. realizing that someone who had been working there for 10 years Mm-mm. was doing the same hours as me. And I was like, so <laughs> when <laughs> will this improve <laughs> or like they were doing like you know oh instead of 3 to 11 it was 2 to 10 oh, and I was okay. like that's okay v- the same thing it's the same thing you know but you're sort of you know convinced that if you stay with it mm-hmm. you know you'll have different opportunities um yeah call centers are yeah it's, it's a unique experience and I you know I I I definitely see how a lot of my depression was sort of tied into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad I recognize that now. And, you know, um, if, well, I don't want to say I need to return, but, you know, it, it it's nice to have a moment to kind of look back and, and mm-hmm. um, sort of acknowledge that, you know, a lot of those experiences were, um, were toxic for me. And yeah. um, it, 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 it was not just me, you know, no, it, was it was sort not. of the environment yeah, as no, well. I know plenty of people who, mm-hmm. um, like several of my friends have worked in call center environments and they'll say the same thing, you know, like they still do and they're happier now, but it's because they finally found like a fit. Right, you know? exactly. For them, it's still temporary. They have other avenues of, um, you know, other career choices that they're going to pursue. Mm-hmm. This is just to pay the bills right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, even when it's just to pay the bills doesn't mean that you can't 
um, evolve and move up and, and you know, I, I see managers mm-hmm. leave for better opportunities. Or enjoy time. it, you know. Yeah, or, or enjoy it, yeah. You know. So I feel like, you know, if I if I find the place, like this place, I really, really do see potential and I mm-hmm. see um, growth potential there. So um, if I could grow in the company and, and you know, get paid more to, to do more and mm-hmm. whatever the case may be and put the, the decade of skills that I have, right. you know, to a real test, right. that would be great. And, and I could do that until my other avenues pop off and, and that's okay. Then it, it, it doesn't, it means that like I've served my purpose. I learned what I need to learn. Mm-hmm. I climbed the, the ladder and now I'm moving on to something different. And there's managers that do that. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. who climb the ladder or they become managers and then they just yeah that's they so true move on to something mm-hmm. that they've been pursuing their whole life honestly i know before. actually two managers of mine who did yeah. that same trajectory yeah exactly so i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think that call center is higher to fire and if you're in yeah. a position to be able to be management or a team leader or whatever the case may be and hold on to that position until your your actual life plan comes to fruition make space for the next person why not? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because a lot of those call centers stick with the same people right. for so long. Some of them are so content. Like some of them, are like this is my career. This is this is it for me. Yeah, for some like, people. Once they it make is the manager position, they're like, well, there's nowhere but up right here. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So they don't have any other goals. So they they they're not going anywhere. And then because they're not going anywhere, it's like nobody else has space to move up. So I feel like it's a good thing to move up in 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 the the world of. Uh, what little opportunity there is to move up and mm-hmm. when you're done or, or when you succeeded what you came to do and to leave on a good note I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that it's just you have to find a place that's you're able Great to do fit, that yeah. that it's, it's enjoyable at, but if you're doing it just for the money which with any career it's not especially the call center it's not worth it I can tell mm-hmm. you that it's not worth it because your mental health is so much more important than the couple more dollars that, and it's literally only a couple more dollars than, than minimum wage. It's right. not, it's not like you're not getting paid doctor's salary, you know, like there are some call centers that, that the paycheck is a little nicer than others. Some call centers are salaried and they pay yearly, but mm-hmm. look, for the most part, you really just have to find what's for you and some people are not for call centers at all some people just yeah i know people who just could never yeah me too do that um, which is several people right we're just kind of like i would fall asleep it's not for me i would lose my mind i could do it all day yeah it's a tough mental job um thank you vicky no problem so happy (laughs) you had me here i want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast um, I really appreciate it. And you guys can follow the official Instagram page of the podcast. Um, the handle is my depression said, or you can also follow my personal accounts. Um, the handle is at the Jamie Floyd on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much. And ciao.